Welcome back to Keeping It Real. I'm your host, Ed Smith. In today's episode, I was joined by Lucas Ando, a.k.a. Sushi, and we had an amazing conversation about the death of his father, the role he took on in his family, and um, his spirituality and forms of meditation he uses. Tune in and enjoy. That grass ain't gonna cut itself and you can't get so tame Underneath these covers and that four-blade ceiling fan You know I love to see you with that two-piece top on tight But I can think of something better, I ain't gonna lie um, Been out of work for a while, lots of vacation time Where were you working? Uh, I was working at Goldfish Swim School. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Teaching the kids to swim and stuff. Like, so they cl- and stuff like that. They're, like, closed for a while. Yeah. Uh, so we recently just opened back up, but uh, I haven't gone back yet because I was on vacation when we opened up. Uh-huh. And we had to do this uh, training, and I just didn't get a chance to do it. Yeah. So it, it might be a while till I go back to work. Mm-hmm. Are you in a rush or not? Um... Definitely not, but I need the money. I'm paying for a car right now, so. Ace. See, this is what I was talking about, bro. He just gets like this sometimes. Damn. So you're, pay- you're trying to pay off a car? Yeah, uh, so I-, I just got a new car um, last month. So That's awesome, bro. That's out. so yeah. sick. Yeah. Damn. That's fucking dope, dude. Yeah. Like, that's a goal of mine is to pay off a car. Yeah. And, like, just have my own. Like, that's, like, the first step to financial freedom. Oh, yeah, that's, 100%. Dude, I'm so, that's so awesome, bro. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to have my mom help me a little bit. She paid for um, a portion of it. Definitely not even close to majority, but obviously however much she gave me was huge help. Yeah, that's you know? awesome, yeah. bro. And, like, you probably saved up a bunch from sim school. Oh, yeah. Are you looking yeah. for a new job right now? Uh, I haven't been actively looking but i've been thinking about it and like thinking of what i've been wanting to do Mm -hmm. um we have a friend who just uh like redid our basement and uh i was gonna see if i could work with him stuff like that like like, i'd like that carpentry and stuff yeah that's awesome yeah that's dope so is that your plan for like the fall and stuff like that uh yeah um this this coming fall is gonna be crazy because i'm gonna be doing full online for qcc uh-huh um football season just got canceled for shamrocks you were gonna play for the shamrocks yeah you're gonna do kicking yeah that's dope and then um and then i'll be working and hopefully working two jobs and school so it's gonna be that's a, a, that's a tough balance but i did it during school this past year and I, I managed, you know, mm-hmm. if you, if you didn't notice, this was my first, uh, year I actually stayed on the football team for the full year. Yeah. I didn't, uh, fail off, you know, uh-huh. uh, that was the past two years I failed off and then this past year. I, what's, what's the, what was the struggle in school? Was it just, you? Didn't... um, it was really just my work ethic. Um, like not necessarily my work ethic, because I, I love going to work, I love my job, but more like school. If school's not for you. Yeah, you school wasn't really for me, but I feel I could really turn it around in college, because uh-huh. I feel what I, the path I want to go down in life, I'm going to need school and I'm going to have to do it, so uh-huh. I really got to work to do that. And obviously, I have lots of regrets from high school. No but, regrets, bro. Like, but, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. You yeah, no regrets. I'm gonna, I just learned from that, you know, and I just got to turn that around. And, like, look at you're going to a good-ass school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you did what you did in high school, and now you're going to, like, it all starts in college, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, you matured from high yeah. school, and now it's yeah, time to put, put it in second gear, bro. That's uh-huh. awesome. And, like, yeah. I could just tell by the tone in your voice, like, you're an adult now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you get it, and, like, you've definitely had to mature over the past couple months. Oh, yeah, and, like, big time. Yeah, I totally understand that. And you have, like, you've, you've, over the course of our senior year, seeing what you went through, like, you have uh-huh. become a man. And, like, I remember seeing it during the school year. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm so proud of you, man. Like, Thank I really you. am. Like, you, yeah. when it's time to grow up, you did, you know? Yeah. And, like, I respect the fuck out of you yeah. for that, bro. Like, you, I really do. Yeah. Thank you. I, I definitely had to take on a bunch of new roles, uh, really take a step up. 
especially with family, you know. Um, that was a big transition for me, um, taking care of my family. Um, before my dad passed, I didn't really do a lot of the errands and stuff because that was usually his job. Um, my mom would stay at home, do stuff around the house, and then she'd go to work uh, night shifts on weekends. And then my dad passed. I was getting groceries, uh, picking up my sister, bringing my brothers to places while my mom was at home doing stuff. Lots of financial stuff. And she was also working. So I took a lot of the load off of her. And I think that really changed me a lot. Yeah, for the bro, better. That's incredible. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, you, I'm not, I don't want to use this word, but it wasn't like, you just weren't mature. You know no. what I'm saying? Like, and, it, and this is how we all were. And like, I'm still very immature. You're way more mature than me now because you've had that. You've had to take on these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And before, beforehand, like, it seemed like you almost didn't even care about yourself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you just, like, and this snapped you in a mode where you had to care about yourself to care about others. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's yeah. so awesome. Right? 100%. Because before, I really put myself on the back burner and I cared a lot about other people because that, that's what I thought I had to do. But I was completely wrong and I really got to care for myself before I can care for others. Mm -hmm. But that came quick and now I can really care for others and be the person I want to be. That's you know? awesome, man. Yeah. And it, like, I'm so proud of you, man. Like, I, uh, it's like, even I've, t like, I don't know if I said this during the school year, but like when it happened, bro, like there was a switch in you and like mm -hmm. you, like a lot of people could have, said like oh why is this happening to me why is this why that like you were mm -hmm. like no now it's my time to take care of my family mm -hmm. and like yeah I like I have so much honor for you like that's so admirable you know mm -hmm. but yeah dude like it's awesome to see you at this point yeah. and see you doing well like how did you how did you know to start caring for yourself like what did um, you start doing so after my dad passed immediately after obviously I was at a really dark point in life, I was uh, really depressed. Didn't want to do much, but I realized that How I had. How long did that last for? Um, wasn't very long, cause I realized almost immediately, like, yo, you gotta wake the fuck up, and I. You got people. Went right back to school. Went right back to work. Started hanging out with friends. Putting uh, good pe surrounding myself with good people, and really started taking better care of myself um, and started working harder in school and that really put me in a good place because I realized I could there were two options I could sit around and do nothing and cry all day or I could get up move around do shit make myself better and I chose that route that's awesome that really is and you just started with the basics mm -hmm. like, is what you're describing, and like that's so awesome. And are you still dating Caitlin now? Yeah, I am. That's all. That, is that going well? Yeah. That's dope. That's really awesome. You guys are perfect together. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Like I'm so impressed with that that change. And like, how how was it for your siblings? Um. You know, uh, my brothers took it hard. We all did, obviously, but um. You know, I think they were in that uh, same mindset as me, you know. Gotta uh, go day by day, conquer the day, you know. Um, do what's best for you, better yourself. Mm -hmm. And they all took that in stride. And then my sister, it's a little tougher because she's only, she's only nine years old at the time. Now she's 10. Uh, she's definitely doing much better now. But it was obviously tough for her. She was daddy's little girl, you know? Yeah. Um, but overall, mom's doing well. Family's doing well. We're all taking this in stride, doing well. That's awesome. And was your mother, like, the forefront of this attitude? Did she set that example? Um, not really. I think um, us kids really brought her up and made her feel a lot better. And uh, gave her the strength and courage to be able to do better for herself, too, um, and take charge.
That's awesome. And like, I don't even, it's just wild, man. It's just like, I can't even picture that scenario, yeah. you know? And like, you you literally, the way you speak about it, you hold yourself so well, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know, like it's, it's wild. Like in life, there is great growth from pain and you literally, didn't dwell on it at all and just mm -hmm. went straight to that growth and that yeah. takes that like that says a lot about your character mm -hmm. and I'm telling you like your character you showed before this event it was like we said it you were just immature yeah and, like, I was a child and like you know that wasn't your true self though you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying and yeah. like that wasn't you and you said like you had regrets and stuff but that wasn't you you know yeah, that no. was your ego playing to the environment mm -hmm. you were a part of and now this is you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and this is, this is the life you're going to live. And like, that's so awesome, bro. And, oh, dude, I just can't say enough how proud I am yeah, of you. Thank you. So what, what's the plan for school? What are, uh, you, what are you trying to study? So, um, right now, uh, I am going to Quinsigamond. Um, my cousins go there. It's a great school. Um, but I'm hopefully hoping to, uh, go there for a year or two get my grades up because like I said slacked off a lot in school didn't get good grades um, graduated bottom of the class pretty much uh, but I, I really want to turn that around you know and uh, do well in school so I can transfer somewhere better hopefully I can play uh, football or lacrosse in college that'd be awesome yeah so what was MHS like for you because I know from an outside point of view it was harsh we were harsh on you sometimes, yeah. and I really do apologize for some of the ways we acted. Like, and it, I that was our past selves and our past egos, yeah. and like we're new people now. But I could tell from an outside point of view there was times where it was hard. Yeah, it was definitely hard, but um, I'm glad that that chapter in my life happened at all. You know, um, I loved MHS. I I thought it was a great school. Um, Obviously, coming from Lincoln Sudbury, education is going to be a lot lower. It's just the way it is, but I thought the education was great overall. I thought uh, the students overall were pretty good. Um, it's very different from Lincoln Sudbury. Lincoln Sudbury is very clicky, you know. Kids have their cliques, but um, Marlboro, it's almost like everybody's a family. But I know I'm not speaking for everybody other people might feel different but from my experience like the transition was good um obviously yeah some kids were hard on me I was a new kid I was a weirdo um uh yeah I, I was just weird so obviously but I'm gonna you, be a target what impressed me bro like you always stay true to yourself like even when like Mahoney on the practice field was giving you shit for stuff like you stay true to yourself mm -hmm. and like I was always like how is he still like Mahoney used to break some kids down, bro, and I don't understand it out. Like, he did never, he never broke you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you just kept doing you, and, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, man. Like, what was football like for you? Overall, I really liked football. I had a lot of fun playing with you and all the other guys. It was just great experience. Um, it was just some of the, like... It was like a brotherhood, you know? Um, obviously, I, I wasn't close as close to a lot of uh, the other players um, as I could have been or as I should have been, but it was still a lot of fun and it still felt like a brotherhood to me. And um, that was great. I had a lot of fun uh, kicking. Uh, I feel like especially um, junior, junior year in this past year, me and you kind of created a bond um, on the practice field. Uh, and when you have bonds with your teammates, it really helps. That's how you get better. Yep, and 100%. that's how we get better. And before practice started, me, me and you working, um, especially this past year, uh, me, you, Lucy, uh, working, um, you snapping, I would hold and kick, you uh -huh. know, I think. And that just really those little tosses, those little day, like yeah. those little daily interactions, talking about our days. You know, mm -hmm. like sometimes the best part of practice was skill circuits, just because yeah. you're hanging out with your friend. That's yeah. when you're hanging out, uh -huh. and then when coach gets down there, like then that's time to work. You yeah. know, and like 
that's where that's where like that that bond you're talking about is made and that's where you get better and like yeah uh, it sucks because like I feel like our seniors had the attitude that we needed to win Mm-hmm. And but the only thing is we didn't have enough seniors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then just younger kids being younger, it was hard mm-hmm. for them to follow. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like I understand, I could have done a lot better on things. And like there was practices I would f shit up, and like coach would get mad. But there was never there was games I made mistakes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But like when it came to doing my job, like. I got that concept, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, like, there was physical errors I would make, mm-hmm. and, like, that would piss Coach off because it's, like, you know, like, it's just to a point where everyone making physical errors would just cause group frustration. Mm-hmm. But, like, I always knew where to be and stuff like that, and, like, it's weird how, like, that it never translated, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like we it, we got robbed in a sense. Like, we had a great group of kids, and the kids growing up are mm. going to be amazing, and yeah. they learned so much from us. But at the same time, while we were in the moment, like, we just all blamed each other for things mm-hmm. and, like, never really worked together to get better. And, like, I I do blame myself a little bit for that. But at this, looking from a third, like, a third-person perspective now, it's easy for me to say these things. But being in that moment, it was tough to realize what was wrong. And, like, I really do feel like we had great seniors it just felt like we needed more experienced yeah. seniors you know yeah like, steven was the only one who was starting both ways yeah like junior year and stevie was the only one who was you know what i'm saying like yeah i got in barely junior year mm-hmm. and like you got in barely and mateus got in barely and like it is what it is but yeah that's what that's how i feel about football yeah um throughout this past season i definitely noticed that um same things you were noticing as uh, one mistake um, turned into a group mistake, you know. And I feel like uh, a lot of that was uh, leadership issues. I feel like um, not enough people were stepping up, um, me included. I just kind of sat like back and just watched when I really shouldn't. Um, it's almost kind of like a cocky thing to say, but I'm a senior. I should really step up. But that's really how it is, and I feel like uh, a lot of us seniors didn't really step up and do the right thing. Yeah, you're right. We didn't, um, I feel like during a lot of practices, especially later in the season, freshmen or sophomore messes up, we were really hard on them, and that's not leadership. You gotta, you gotta use that moment that they make a mistake as a teaching moment, and not really like a yell at them for screwing up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was weird because Mah- like Mahoney instilled that like during the beginning of the season we were kind of like it's all good you'll get it next time like mm-hmm. it's all good and then when it, the mistake kept happening Mahoney's like you can't keep saying it's all good he's like get mad at each other get on each other and then when we did like it almost just created more anger and more problems like yeah. it's like you can't fix like you can't fix problems with anger you know what I'm yeah. saying and, like that's what was happening mm-hmm. and. That's a coaching style that I had worked in the past. That's a coaching style of, like, past eras. And I don't know. Do you watch Last Chance You on Netflix? Um, I watched, I watched like, episodes here and there, but I never really got into it. There's a, there's a new season, and they're running into this issue on the season where they co- they're losing, and this coach is kind of like a tough love coach. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, where he's hard, and, like, these players are kind of like new-gen players where they're used to coaches, like, just talking to them and working mm-hmm. through it and stuff like that. And... That's how I felt like our team was, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were coming from, like, not, people say that it's us getting soft, but, like, it's just a different time period of Mm -hmm. life, you know what I'm saying? And, like, it was different coaching styles, and, like, Graham got it, you know what I'm saying? And Rogers got it, and the younger coaches got it, and they really, we, we, like, really resonated with what they said and would learn and, like, improve with them. And I'm not saying we wouldn't with Mahoney, but I'm saying his teaching style just was clashing with us almost, you know? And, like... It's weird that you see that, like, in Last Chance U, you see that flip happening. Like, this time period is so odd that it's all, like, this weird flip is happening. And, it, yeah. and you can see it in sports. Um, speaking of, like, uh, those coaching styles, I feel like uh, Mahoney was on one side of the spectrum, really, like, get in your face, yell at you, don't do it again. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you had Coach Graham, where he never did that, really. And he really talked you through it. But um, 
Coach Rogers, he I think he had the perfect balance. He'd really flip his shit sometimes. But in that like right after he'd yell at you, he'll explain why he's yelling at you. And I think that helped a lot of yeah. people that worked with him throughout 100%. the season. And he'd be like and then after that just be like, Alright, come on, let's go. Next one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that was a big thing that kinda got like Mahoney was mad when it would keep happening over again, but he would never let it go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he would never be like, "Let's go on to the next play." It was almost like, "All right, if you fuck this one up, now it's two in a row." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it felt like with Rogers, it was like you fucked it up, forget about it. This mm-hmm. one, and then it's like, "Oh, you fucked it up, forget about it." This one, you did it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and like there wasn't that pressure from the last one, mm-hmm. but like it was a learning experience for all of us. And oh, yeah. like those losses were just as valuable as winning in mm-hmm. terms of our character and stuff yeah. like that. And like, you hear it, like we, we really did persevere. Like we stuck through it. A lot of kids quit. Mm-hmm. And like, I seen that in my basketball and football season. And like, it really hurts me that that's yeah. what happened. But towards the end of the season in both seasons, like the group that stayed clicked, you mm-hmm. know? And like, that's, that's really resonated with me is like, you can fix yourself and who's around you you just need to work at it you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like shit doesn't come easy yeah and like if you stay with a solid group like it's gonna happen and that's mm-hmm. you just had too many variables way too many variables yeah. were you planning on playing a spring sport no no what about you lacrosse yeah i was gonna play lacrosse yeah How, what, was, what was that like um it was hard um you know last year uh we won one game. Uh, I got stuck playing goalie all season, and I'm not saying I hated goalie. I love playing goalie, but um, it was just something I wasn't very experienced with. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, whatever. We don't have a season. Oh, I don't care. But it really hit me once um, summer started rolling around, Think uh, restrictions started easing up, and my brothers would be playing in tournaments and, like, practices. I'm like, yo, I miss this. Yeah. Like, I literally cried over missing a lacrosse. It was just, it hit, it ended up hitting me so hard. I'd imagine, like, there's emotions there in your subconscious you don't even realize. Yeah. And, like, when you love a sport and it's taken away, like, a lot of kids are facing this with the fall right now who Mm -hmm. are going to college sports. They're like, they feel like a piece of them's gone. Yeah. Like, maybe at first sight you said, like, you didn't feel like that piece of you was gone, but then, yeah, when you rekindle it, like, that's tough. Like, um, that that was 100% me like i felt something like something was missing you know and i've been playing lacrosse since preschool um i was fortunate enough that i was old enough to play kindergarten when i was in preschool i was already 5 years old so i played 2 years of kindergarten lacrosse and i played all the way through uh junior year and it literally was my whole life and then that got taken away and it was just Jesus. Crazy. Dude, yeah. I cannot imagine. Like, I cannot imagine. Like, this situation has been rough for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I don't, like, I feel, like, people were feeling bad for the seniors, but, like, I didn't even think about, like, spring seasons, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that was my selfishness being, like, Oh, I wasn't a part of it. I don't mm-hmm. even think about it. Like, yeah, yeah, missing that last season is a lot mm-hmm. to take on, and it just all hits you at once. But it's good that you like. Did you talk to someone, or did you just? How did you release that emotion? Um. So when my uh, so my brothers still go to Lincoln Sudbury and they play lacrosse there, and uh, I went to one of their practices, and I noticed a bunch of um the seniors were practicing with them just getting reps in because they missed their season too obviously and they wanted to play and um uh the coach's son andrew vana uh known him forever um we've been friends he uh had said hey ando go get your stuff and play with us and then i i just hopped on the field with them played with them like it was old times you know and I had a lot of fun, and that really, that was a lot of mixed emotions, you know? Like, I miss playing with these guys, I miss lacrosse, but also, like, I was super happy to be able to play and step on that field again, and 
it just made me happy being able to play. You enjoyed the moments oh, of yeah. going on what you yeah. missed. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really awesome. What have you been doing? Have you been trying anything else to self improve and like, like how what's your workout schedule and stuff like that? Um. Since gyms are like, I haven't been really. I started going to the gym with my friend right before uh, uh, quarantine started, and then quarantine started, and it's just been a big gap of doing basically nothing. Like. Here and there, I'd go play lacrosse in the backyard with my brothers, toss a football around, but that really wasn't enough. Yeah. And I'm still kind of like that, but I'm going to wait. Um, obviously, I want, I really want to go to the gym, but um, I kind of want to wait a little while for... Do whatever you feel, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I'm definitely going to get a gym membership, yeah, and go with my brother, because my brother is huge into working out. Um he he works out with Benji, uh, yeah. and all his boys all all the time. Where do they go? Um, pretty sure Benji has uh like some weights set up in his basement or downstairs or something. Um, oh, or in his garage. I'm I'm not even sure. Uh, they'll work out. I have a bench downstairs. Um, barbell, some dumbbells. You know, small stuff. Um, that can get the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh do small workouts um but i i'm not really like your typical like athlete you know i'm not like going to the gym really like hardcore athlete i'm more like um more casual but i can get it done you know yeah whatever makes you feel good bro like that's what it's all about like doesn't make you feel good then don't do it and if it does make you feel good then do it you know your yeah. body knows like the thing is um fre- uh, summer before freshman year up until um middle of the football season freshman year I was going to the gym every single day and I was like addicted to going to the gym I was looking good I was um started gaining weight um and then uh I was, but I was also playing football and lacrosse at the same time, yeah. and that really broke down my body, and I ended up getting a stress fracture in my back. Jesus so, Christ! Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I ended up missing half of the football season, and then I knew you had an injury, but I yeah, know it was in your then, back. That's yeah. wild. And then in the winter time, I kind of sat out, and I just lost my motivation to go to the gym. And I just stopped going to the gym. It's tough. Yeah. It, that's, that, um, Steven, the same thing happened to him. Mm-hmm. He was just lifting a shit ton. And then sophomore year of basketball, his back just went out. And, like, yeah. it was hard for him to, like, get back to the gym with confidence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, Oh, yeah. It was, it was a big, like, punch in the gut, you know? Because I had a really good, um, coach in the gym, um, my my form was like the best form I, I had ever seen like in the gym around me but it's just I was working out too much yeah. I was straining my body too much and that's really what broke me down it wasn't like I was lifting too heavy or my form was bad it was just way too much yeah. and then that really kills your confidence when you try to go back and you're scared to get hurt so and then your form is bad um or you try to lift a little too much to start off with, and then you end up hurting yourself again. Um, that happened to me. I, I it wasn't really bad, but I just tried to push myself too hard that first time going back, and you know, strained muscle. Yeah. Nothing horrible, but it's just when something like that happens, you can't just get right back into it. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm sure tough. you know that. That was happening. With uh, the chiropractor, I was going and he was fixing my back and like I kept coming back and he's like, dude, whatever you're doing, like you're just fucking up your back again. Like mm-hmm. you gotta stop. And like I just had to stop working out for a week yeah. and figure out what I was doing and like listen. And before I stopped working out, I did a deload week where I just did everything at fifty percent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you will get gains at. He's like, I have big ass like muscle heads who come in here. They do 50% weeks, and then the next week can hit 120%. Yeah. And so I did that, but then after that 50% week, I took a break off, and I lost a lot of gains. And, mm-hmm. like, it kind of, like, it didn't, 
you you know how it is when you like you make some gains and then like yeah two weeks later they're gone you know it's the yeah. ebbs, ebbs and flows of working out like it's such a it's such a mind game sometimes yeah. you and gotta like, keep it up it's tough though because oh, like this is for me like my body is showing what i did a week ago mm-hmm. so like what i did last week is what's on my body mm-hmm. now and like when i did the deload week i started to look a little less um muscly less mm-hmm. jacked and then when so i was like i feel better but i need to lay off and take it like my body and my mind just needs the whole week off because i was yeah. getting really stressed out because my schedule was getting packed mm-hmm. right and then after that week i like i lost almost everything i felt and like in my mind i just i either could have been like oh like i'm just gonna sit in this and like i'm like i'm done like i'm done you know yeah but the thing is like i kept that mindset that next week i will look like what i did this week so like mm-hmm. while i'm looking like shit and feeling like shit like you just keep doing what you know is gonna make you feel better and, like sooner or later it came back you know yeah um when i started going back to the gym before quarantine um i started um uh lower weight more reps you know yeah um a lot of cardio and it's like a cutting regimen yeah and a lot of breaks break days you know and that's like that felt the best and i noticed when i was taking more break days and resting i that's when i got the most gains you know it makes sense yeah because when your body recovers that's when you get those big muscles because the way muscles build is when there's micro tears in the fibers and they're just healing and getting bigger you know Mm -hmm. And that's how if you don't let them heal they can yeah. never grow and like mm-hmm. that's when workout splits come into play you know like where you gotta get a little analytical with it like pull push legs or upper lower yep. upper lower and yep. like that's and also when you're doing like supersets you need to you can't superset with the same muscle group on yeah. isolation because that's when you hurt yourself yep. you know you need to you need to do when you're doing shoulders you need to do triceps so when you're doing mm-hmm. triceps you need to do, like chest so when you're doing chest like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but it's all learning and like it sucks that you had to learn through an injury yeah like, uh, I, I've always been the biggest thing for me is I've never been flexible mm-hmm. like I've I've always had horrible hips and that and in the weight room like weight summer weight room the attitude is just like put up as much weight as possible yeah. so my form was shit but I was getting up weight you know yeah. what I'm saying and like that took a toll on me I'd say the end of like junior year i was just feeling like shit like i was like my i was like i'm not getting gains i can put up weight like i look strong in terms of numbers but i don't look strong in person like i don't feel strong like and then i really kicked back and started looking at my form and like looking at the stretching and stuff like that i'd be to be completely honest with you i didn't really start listening to my body until the end of until the beginning of quarantine yeah and like I was still kind of in that in that mindset of like, oh, you just need to put up numbers. You just mm-hmm. need to put up numbers. And once I once I started, I flipped that mindset to, let's do what feels good. Take the breaks when you need them, like you said, and like hit the muscle groups when you want to hit the mm-hmm. muscle groups. Like that's when I've seen the most gains. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, when you're working out. Um, I've I've always learned to um, really focus on stretching just as much as you're focusing on lifting, um, to keep your flexibility up. Because the best athletes have the best flexibility, um, and that's really important for weightlifting too. Because it'll help your form the more flexible you are. Um, and in football, if you're a lineman, sure you can squat four hundred pounds, but can you get down in your stance? Yeah. Like, you really have to be able to hip flexibility, your knees, uh, your shoulders. Um, You see a lot of, like, people who are, like, bodybuilders. They're, like, their shoulders are really wide and their arms are pushed forward. They don't do enough back workouts and flexibility, so they're kind of stuck, you know? Yeah, I was in a position like that. Did your father teach you a lot about... Yeah, he was was a big... um, He's... A big help in the weight room um he's really what motivated my younger brother kyle um to really get after it in the weight room um helped uh helped us with our form along with um another uh 
wellness teacher at Lincoln Sudbury, uh, Mr. Miller, uh, great guy. Um, and my dad was really into that and really wanted us to be happy with what we're doing and everything. And in the gym, he would really help us do what's best for us. Um, sports specific stuff like that. That's awesome. He's really good at that. That's awesome. And like, it seems like you would like when I went to the wake, it seemed like there were so many students who felt that same way. Yeah. Like it, it's not like like you're his son, but, but like it felt like everyone felt like how you felt, and that's amazing. Like the mm -hmm. imprint he left on so many yeah. people, and like, oh, you, I'd never met the man, but the mm -hmm. like the energy from the room, yeah. I could feel how good of a man he was, mm -hmm. and like I'm so sorry for your loss, and like thank you. You you're gonna pick up his lessons, and mm -hmm. like you're you're going to be that inspiration for your yeah. brother now, you know? And, like, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, like, let those things come back when you want them. Like you said, bro, like, working out will come back. And, like, dude, like you said, you're busy now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're doing shit. You're yeah. not, like, it's tough to find that time for yourself yeah. now when you have to take care of your younger siblings. Yeah, it, it, I'm a family man now, you know? That's why, bro. <laughs> it's, like, uh I can't imagine. I like do what do you what does your days look like? Um so recently it's been um like taking my sister to camp, picking her up, um waking up, taking the dog out in the morning, which my dad usually did, um feeding the dog. Um my brother just got his license, uh, so I'm not driving him around as much. Uh, my other brother, Marcus, he'll have friends over. He doesn't really go out too much, so I'm not driving as much. Um, I'll, still, I'll still go out and get groceries for my mom. Um, I do that a lot. Uh, it's not really a daily thing. Yeah, of Thank course. God. But, like, but, there's definitely errands yeah. and little tasks. Yeah, there's little tasks I have to do. And I, I, like, I don't mean to put you on a spot and make you feel like you have to, like, you have a list of things. Like, I, I'm telling you, this summer I felt like every day was jam-packed. And then when someone's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't even fucking know. Like, it's yeah. just like every day just feels like there's so much, you know? Like, over all of quarantine, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my day. So it's it's been really hard to make plans. Because um, I'd, I'd, I'd be like, or my friend would be like, hey, you, you want to go to the beach with us uh, Thursday? It was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And then, um... I wake up Thursday morning, do my usual stuff. Mom's like, oh, yeah, you and uh, the boys have doctor doctor's appointment today. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I have no clue what's going on, and it's crazy. But It's tough. It's yeah. right, yeah. Calendars, bro. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> like, for me, my biggest, like, for the same exact thing, I had a, such a scheduling problem, and what I did to help that was I don't have a calendar with the whole month. I just mm -hmm. write down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. I don't worry about... I only worry about the next, the upcoming week. Yeah. And, like, that's what's helped, you know? You can't go too far ahead. Like, you have a greater calendar with, like, what you said, like, doctor's appointments and stuff yeah. like that. But, like, the little things and, like, that's where you can plan in those hangout times, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's tough. It, It's a tough balance. Like, I'm finding a really hard time. Not a hard time. I've got... I had a hard time finding a balance. Yeah. And this is all stuff for myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, like, I can't imagine finding a balance with three other schedules in mind. Yeah. You know? And, like, that's a lot. It mm -hmm. really is. Have you been getting enough time to hang out with Caitlin and everything? Yeah. So, um, there'll be days where... So, I, I, I have a group of friends that I hang out with all the time, you know? Um, I hang out with Caitlin. Um, and then that's like throughout the whole day and then she has to go home and then uh I'll go and hang out with my friends at night because they they can hang out whenever you know they'll be out till like one in the morning you know uh just sitting around going for a drive uh hanging at their house sitting in the parking lot at Walmart <laughs> uh, yeah, just just basically just talking yeah just being friends yeah just being together yeah and um I don't like drink or smoke or anything so I, I don't really hang out with people that drink or smoke I don't like party so I'm not in that scene so I'm a lot of like keeping my circle small yeah. and hanging out with a few people and doing that instead of like going totally out all the time that. it makes sense 
Um, I this is a question for myself here. Do you believe in any like spirituality or religions? Do you um, practice anything in the home? I knew I know you're a big spiritual guy. Now uh, I am. I, yeah. Like back in my old self, bro, I was straight atheist. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm torn. You know. Uh. I was never really a big religious guy. Um. I do have uh, strong morals and personal values. Uh, nothing super spiritual, but. Um, do you have thoughts like do you have what like what are your thoughts on like consciousness and stuff like that like do you do you look into these concepts and stuff like that um i haven't really looked into like stuff like that but um i do i'm i used to be like you straight atheist like because i'm a firm believer in science you know um like yeah i believe jesus was real like, um, but I don't believe he had held any spiritual value, but like, I do, I am starting to think, you know, there, there might be that higher power, you know? You know why, and, bro? Uh, this is the, like, I was talking about this with Zach. He said, so I've talked about this multiple times, 2012, the Mayan calendar. And yeah. this is the switch from Aquarius to Pisces, or no, Pisces to Aquarius, mm -hmm. old conscious to new conscious thinking of self to thinking of others mm -hmm. and we were talking about this we we're like all right this conscious switch was in 2012 like why why are we all waking up in 2020 and then he said because 2012 was based off of an Ethiopian calendar which was which is eight years behind yeah. us so yep. it is 2012 and like that's why we're all having these thoughts and we're looking into spirituality and like yeah quarantine had a purpose mm -hmm. like COVID had a purpose. Yes, a lot of negative and horrible things have happened, and mm -hmm. a lot of more negative and horrible things are going to happen. Yeah. But we're, as a collective race of humans, are going to go through this pain together and yeah. find growth together. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what this awakening is. Is like, yeah. we're all sitting with ourselves and, like, kind of like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's where I've always been questioning this stuff, but like it, can, it became like make yourself feel good and then when I felt good I found these spiritualities mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like it, it all just falls in a place like that yeah um and uh after my dad passed my everybody in my family has been noticing like 11 11 or 111 and I uh we looked it up and like your angel number 111 like is a sign of spiritual awakening and um we feel like it's a sign from my dad, you know? It seems um, like his, your father was almost... I'm sorry to interrupt. I want you no to get worries. right back to where you were. Yeah. But it seems like your father was enlightened. Yeah. Through his practices, mm -hmm. not through a religion, through what yeah. he loved to do. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I, I believe that 100%. Like, he was the happiest he could be. That's exactly where he wanted to be and exactly what he wanted to do. And the crazy thing is, also... Um, I'm not 100% sure. I have to check in on this, but I believe his room number at Lincoln Sudbury was B111, which is just crazy for me because um, I'll be driving, you know, and I'll think about my dad, and I look down at my dash, and I see I have 111 miles still empty. That's wild. Or it's 111 in the afternoon. That's, you know? dude, there's no coincidence. Yeah. No, it's meaningful. Yeah. It is a message. Yeah, 100%. And, like, do you believe in fate? Um, I'm open to, like, really learning about it, but I personally never believed in fate. I believe that um, you can do what you want to do, and you're not really destined to do something. Like, maybe there's this path you're taking, and then you're destined to do that. But if you don't want to go down that path or you want to change your path because you're not going down the right way, you can change it. And that's your new, like, fate, I guess. You could say that. Yeah. it's. I've had a very hard time explaining fate with the concept of free will. And a big thing about fate, I realize when talking to people, is there's no way to put it into words. Mm -hmm. You need to feel it. And you yeah. need to, like, you find it yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it could be... in. Even in churches, they talk about it and they discuss it, and someone could be like, "I yeah, I'm hearing it, and I'm talking like I'm talking about it, but I don't get it. Like I don't mm -hmm. 
feel like I don't know yet. You know what I'm saying? And then when they feel it, they look back, they realize that everything in their life had happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's when it is. And I was thinking today, like when someone makes a decision. So when people who talk about free will or fate, they say, oh, this only happened because that decision was made. Mm-hmm. So like, no. So like, oh, this was bound to happen because that decision was like yeah. because that incident and it happened through free will but yeah. i thought today no this could only happen because that happened yeah. and that's what fate is you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like yeah. this process this moment in my life only could happen because of all these events that went this way mm-hmm. there was free will in these choices but i would not hit this point without those happenings instead yeah. of this just happened in result of those things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do you kind of get the difference? Yeah, I get that. And like, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, and I, in, um, in eighth grade, we had this project. And it was a whole year-long project, you know. It was like 20 pages or something. Um, it's a lot of work for a middle schooler, you know. But um, we got it done, and it was called, um, oh, what's it called? How, uh, how It's All Connected. That's what it was called. And... This teacher was trying to get us to realize that everything we do, or you, so with the, in the paper you had to try to convince him that either everything's connected or nothing's connected, and everything just happens. Um, he was a firm believer in everything is connected, and I was like, no, that can't be true. Uh, just because one thing happens doesn't mean that next thing is gonna happen 100%. You know. But um, as time goes on, I realize that I feel that a lot of things are connected, you know? I believe everything's connected. Yeah. And I believe how could everything not be connected if we didn't all come from the same place? Yeah. If we didn't all come from a, the Big Bang. And yeah. And ex- we're all stardust. We yeah. are all just from star explosions. Uh-huh. And, like, if we all were built up by the same foundations, how can we, like, we, why are we, why are we, we're like a... A tree like imagine a tree growing through its roots and then when each branch gets out they look at the other branch and they're like oh we're not connected at all I'm over here you're over there but then when you get back to where we all came from you came from the ground and the roots and like that's where people are getting lost is they're not looking back at their Mm -hmm. roots where he was like and it's so crazy because I've really gotten into breath work lately and it's like Breathing can make you feel so much better. Yeah. And, like, it can clear your mind. It can cure chronic and, like, horrible mental diseases. Like, it can do so much for you. And everybody's like, wow, who would have known? It's just breathing. And it's like, it makes sense. Like, and, like, exercise can do so much for you. Yeah. It's the process of getting oxygen. The breathing part of it is getting oxygen into your blood. And the exercise part of it is getting the oxygen or is getting the blood pumped throughout your body. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you felt feel better because that's where we came from we came from that process of receiving oxygen you know yeah and like when you when we both talked about being atheists it's because we believed in science and like Mm -hmm. why this all hits me so heavy and like I truly believe in all the spirituality Mm -hmm. is because science goes along with it yeah you hear Christians talk about it science doesn't science and Christianity don't conflict they they can work together and like every what I've what me and Zach and I were talking about is use every religion like create that super religion yeah. create that super belief and make it your own you know yeah. and like that's what we've been doing and a big part of my spirituality consists of science and some pseudoscience and mm-hmm. like it just that's why it resonates with me and I think that's why I'm able to get to open up a lot of people to it too mm-hmm. because people are like science is science there's the proof but yeah. if you can use that proof coincide it with spiritual beliefs and feelings mm-hmm. like it, it's a powerful thing you know and the science can help explain like your beliefs like y- you believe something and then that science can back it up you know like a big thing with emotions and chemical releases like when they go through and pick the hormones out and stuff like that and mm-hmm. like find what's happening in the body when it comes to neurotransmitters and your nervous system and like it's like the feeling is there to tell you if you're right or wrong, and then we can look at the chemical imbalances and not in our body to see 
if it's right or wrong. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, a, yeah. if you look at a depressed person, they have the feelings are wrong, and then we look into their brain, their hormones are wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where, like, that's its basic form of what you're saying. Is yeah. Going hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and going back to your breathing point, um, in gym class, you know, nobody likes yoga, blah, blah, blah. I fucking I, I loved yoga. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did one thing one time where it was just like, we sat down in a chair, you know, and it was like, close your eyes and just imagine you're breathing through your toes all the way up to your scalp. And it was the most calming and relaxed I've ever felt. And it was, it was like a natural high, you know, and it just, you could really feel your whole body. And I just thought that was amazing. Do you meditate? Um, no, not, no, I don't. I mean, I... Don't feel obligated to. No, no, no. Um, I feel like my meditation is stringing lacrosse sticks where mm. I can sit down and get in the zone. You know what I mean? It's just living and in I the just, moment. And everything else just goes away. That's or awesome. if I'm outside fishing, uh, going out for a drive, walking through the woods, you know, that's my form of meditation. That's awesome. Um, it clears my mind. Um, I can do my own thing. Um Obviously, sometimes when you clear your mind, things kind of creep in. Um, it's natural. But you can get that out and you can really... With the concept that you're not your thoughts. Yeah. You're not your thoughts. You're not your emotions. You're not this body. You're a, you're a higher being mm -hmm. using this vehicle to interact with other spirits. Yeah. In like what... That's a big thing for me. So I always would get so frustrated with meditation because they're like, just stop thinking. Just stop thinking. And I'm like, how? Yeah. How do you just stop thinking? Like, that doesn't make sense. And the biggest, a big practice I found in Buddhism is catch and release. So this is where you're focusing on a square breath where you breathe, hold like whatever increments of numbers you use, mm -hmm. um, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for five, or breathe in for six, hold for two, breathe out for eight, something like that. You focus on those numbers, and then when a thought comes in, you acknowledge it. You see the thought. You mm -hmm. don't dwell on the thought. You acknowledge exact, just that rawest form of the thought. Mm -hmm. And then once you realize you're starting to dive into it and you're conscious of your thinking, you don't get frustrated. You don't say, yeah. oh, I'm thinking again. You just go back to the breath. Yeah. And before you know it, like, all you're thinking about is the breath. Mm -hmm. And that's not thinking. Yeah. Um, uh, you said catch and release, and it reminded me of fishing, you know? I When you go fishing, I'll catch a fish and release it back into nature. And when I'm fishing, I feel like I'm really connected to the earth and nature. That's your root chakra. And yeah. And I can... Um, I, I hold the fish and look at it and its beauty and then I can release it back into the water and just say thanks. That's awesome, and bro. And just put it back, you know what I mean? Dude, I, it's wild you say this because I, I drop off ice to this one guy who owns a liquor store and we he tells me every morning he goes fishing at 4 a.m. and he's like, if I don't, He's like, if I don't go fishing, my mind's not right for the day. He's mm -hmm. like, I just need that time to myself to get some casts out, pull some fish in, and, like, be a part of the earth. Yeah. And, like, it's it's so awesome that people are realizing how essential, like, nature is. I was noticing something today, like, because I drive all around Metro West. Like, when I was in, like, fit, like Framingham, or I'm in um, Worcester, like, you see a lot of drug abuse you see mm -hmm. a lot of alcoholics you see a lot of corruptness you yeah. see a lot of crime not so you don't see that much crime in Worcester and Framingham it's just poverty mm -hmm. and like the lower lower class like sad yeah. things like that but then you get out to Clinton you get out to Bolton yeah. it's spread out you're in nature and you don't see those issues and like yes you could say it's the wage it's the wages and like it's the a bunch of different factors but when I see it with my eyes the difference is you're piling people in a place to the point where it's yeah. not nature anymore mm -hmm. and then you're taking a place and spreading everyone out and they have their own space of earth yeah and like having your own space on earth you have your own space in your mind but when you don't have that like you could get lost in it and that's just what I've been noticed you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying like there's a lot of other factors, money, politics, yeah. like race, and I understand that. But when we get down to 
looking at what's in front of our eyes, that's what I saw. And yeah. Um, I completely agree with you there. Like, people say they're city people or they're country people, you know? But no matter who it is, you take them into nature, you go for a walk in the woods, it, you're going to be happier. You're you human. know? Because that's where you're supposed to be. That's how you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be in an office all day or uh, living in an apartment in the city. Yeah, that might be fun. That's cool. I, I'm all for that. That's not me as a person. But I, I still think that's cool. But I really think to be happy in life, no matter what kind of person you are, you really need to get out in nature, get a breath of fresh air, and experience it firsthand, you know? That's awesome, bro. Like, you are so in tune with your root chakra. You yeah. really are. Like, and that's a big part of why you're so mature, you know? Like, that's that self-confidence. That's that mm -hmm. being connected with nature, understanding you are a part of a bigger scheme of everything. And, like, you're going to find fate and already noticing that you have an angel and your father is an angel. Like, yeah. He, I believe people who die young have a greater purpose mm -hmm. and they serve that there. It's not like they're leaving this earth in a, in a bad name. It, everyone talked about him in such a great yeah. light. And there were so many people there. I was like, this man had an impact. Like yeah. when, when we lost him as humans, it wasn't like we were losing. I didn't, I, there was a wholesome aspect of all of it where it's like, he has a higher purpose and now mm -hmm. you're seeing that you know what i'm saying yeah. you're seeing him connect with you and like yeah you're gonna i have fate that you'll find your fate mm -hmm. and like i'm not for i'm not i don't want to force this concept on you but yeah. that's just what i believe that you will realize mm -hmm. a lot of this has happened for a reason and like, yeah you are so in tune with yourself already, like noticing that you love nature and mm -hmm. you need to be and other humans need to be in nature to feel happier yeah. like and that it's so awesome and like I just keep whatever you feel like researching bro ex yeah like just get into it yeah. and I'm saying whatever like where I started with my spirituality was Charles Manson he's a he's a psychomaniac murderer yeah. like that seems so wild but I just wanted to know about yeah. it yeah I got to that read a book about him led to the next thing led to the next thing mm -hmm. led to the next thing I always use Lou Vigin as an example too he, he told me he just wants to learn about the tides. Next thing, it led to meditative breathing. Next thing, it led to releasing trauma he had. Yeah. And, like, I'm telling you, like, if you just do what you want, do what you feel, you're going to be making the right choices. Yeah. And, like... And I, I truly think spirituality is a beautiful thing, you know? And, um, like you are saying, when people die young, they, uh, they're not just going away. Um, I don't know exactly how you worded it, but, um... Some, one of my friends they're needed somewhere else That's yeah what they're needed somewhere else um one of my friends said um on earth his job is done he's done what he was meant to do and god wouldn't just take him away god took him because he needed him and uh what his job was done and god knew that we were ready to move on and we were strong enough to move on without him. And that's yeah. awesome. And a big part of it is when I believe in fate, and like this might sound controversial, but his death is going to have great value in your life. Yeah. Having that pain already has shown you how much growth. Mm -hmm. And like having the pain, releasing the pain, and living your life, you're, you come to great fate, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you've already come to a greater purpose. You've already found a great purpose in your life and yeah. that's serving your family. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And like through fate, I found my purpose through this podcast. And like, that's, yeah. like it's, you're very far aligned in like along in spirituality. You yeah. just haven't put, like you haven't put words to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you have the feelings, I understand. you have the emotions, yeah. you're there. It's just, you don't have like the, the explanation to it, which yeah. is like, it's, it's your life and like yeah if you you're you seem so content like that's awesome man like yeah. it, it really is like i really like that that fishing concept where it is your meditation you yeah know? and like that's how you do it and mm -hmm. that's like i need to get into fishing bro i tried yeah. fishing kid didn't catch a fish and then just went swimming i'll, I'll take you out <laughs> sometime you know sometimes that's the best um 
ever since I was li when I was really little, my dad first taught me about fishing, and I feel like that's how um everybody is. You don't get a fish, you, you get all upset and you get all down on yourself. But you know what? You should be happy that you were outside in nature. Yeah. And um, that's how I feel now. Like, I never get like yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be like a little bummed out. But you know what? I can't get mad over that because I'm outside. 100%. And I'm breathing the fresh air. I'm looking out on the water. Like, even if um, sometimes ponds are gross, you know, it has, like, a bunch of lily pads and all the, uh, like, the algae and stuff. But you know what? It's still beautiful. And yeah, it's life. When I, when I go out, I'll take pictures on my phone, um, take pictures of the water, and it's just where I want to be. It's awesome. And uh, those days you don't get a fish make those days you do that much better. Yeah, 100%. You know? and it's like, that's how I've looked at life. Like those mm -hmm. days I don't have, feel good, make those days where I do feel good that much better, you know? And um, earlier when I was saying when I catch a fish and I put it back and I say thank you, when I take a fish home to eat it, uh, I don't do too much, but it's really rewarding to do that. Um, that's connecting with yeah. your root shocker, bro. I, I, I'm real, I really... your own game. Yeah. I really like, um, it, I, it's almost like thanking the fish when you eat it and you really enjoy it because it's nature giving back to you, kind of. Recycling. Yeah. Yes. The world is, you, like you took a life for your own, but it's not in a negative sense. Yeah. It's in a sense, that's how this world has operated. Yeah. Not like... That's how food webs work. That's how, like, we need to work with each other in a sense. And, like, yeah, that's where I've hit a, I've hit dead ends in veganism is, like, I understand the dead energy of things. And, like, I'm at a point where I see everything as a spirit. But I do also believe in spirits giving themselves up for the greater good of mm -hmm. this unity of consciousness. Yeah. I believe all animals share the same consciousness as us. Yeah. They're on different levels. And when they give their bodies up for our lives they're still in the system their souls are still mm -hmm. being recycled they're still there we just took that flesh yeah. to make to improve ours yeah and that's awesome i i i love to have steak hot dogs <laughs> you know but um i feel like when i go out and catch a fish and eat it it's just that much better it's it's more fresh um you know where it's coming from and you get to catch it yourself and it's rewarding but like steak you're providing for yourself yeah you're genuinely yeah. providing yeah but for you know when you get a steak it's from a farm you don't know how they're treated you know i mean it wasn't hunted it wasn't yeah. found it was it was grown to die yeah but the thing is when they're grown to die sometimes they're treated very well you know but other times it's they're not treated well and that's kind of tough but then again, it, it's just much better to get your own food, I think. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And, and That's my goal in life. Yeah, the way, the way you see it with your uh, spirituality, how like um, all these animals have a conscience, consciousness and they're giving back to uh, others. Um, they still have that, but it, it's not like exactly the same when they're farmed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I can really it almost feels connect like to a... you with that. Like, you know, if you think about it, and Zach and I were talking about this, like, pig farms are almost like a holocaust. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's just bread to die. It's yeah. put in gas chambers. And, like, Zach was saying these exact words. He was saying, like, it's, if you went to a place like that, it's not a place of peace. Mm -mm. It's eerie. It's gross. It's, you feel, it's, it's unsafe to the planet. It releases too yeah. much carbon dioxide. It's not good for the planet yeah but what you do where you go that get that food you the only relationship there is you and that fish it's yeah. not a great it's not a group of people like it's not a group of animals all being destroyed at once yeah. it's not it's that fish is helping you you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like it's what's it you know oh, what's, you know the relationships commensal uh like parasite and what's the one where one benefits and one Whatever. So so these are uh that's like a, a symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic, there you go. Um and there's a few different ones. Um it's one I I forget what they're called. I learned about this way back, fifth grade. Um you have when both are um Commensual 
yeah, yeah, I think they're both like. Um, and then there's parasite. Parasite is one is. Um, One's benefiting and benefiting. Not. The other is uh, getting worse. And then there's another one where they. Is there another one? No, they both either both benefit. One benefits and one isn't affected, or one benefits and one is hurt. Or and no, there's another one. There's one where um. It isn't affected, and one benefits. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, it was? Okay. <laughs> My bad. I, I, I was thinking hard. You're good. It's, I, I like to think of it like um good um, example that is a remora on a shark. How um, the remoras will stick to the underside of the shark. They don't bother the shark. But after the shark eats, and there's like droppings, there's like little pieces of flesh in the water, the remoras will eat that, and they'll go along with the shark. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense, like in the moment, it may seem like you're the one benefiting and that fish is getting hurt. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the greater concept of conscious in this spiritual life, like it is just you benefiting and him being unaffected or mm -hmm. she, whatever the gender of the fish was, you know? Yeah. So. And then awesome. they can also move on, you know? Yeah. And like, who knows? Maybe you, I don't know, like this is just a wild thought, but maybe them serving that purpose that's so great, maybe their ultimate purpose of dying for another living being allows them to advance consciousness. Yeah. What if that concept of that fish giving its life for your life allows it to become a human now, you know? Yeah. And who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But this is awesome, bro. Um, I don't know if you've been listening, but I have the intro music is the guest's favorite song or whatever they've been listening to lately. Do you got one? Um... Ooh, my favorite song. Anything, anything that speaks to you, whatever you've been listening to, whatever, even if you don't know the words to it, whatever you've been vibing to lately, whatever. Uh, I like uh, Little Rain by Morgan Wallen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, love that song. What's it about? Uh, so, it's about, like, just kind of, it actually connects to me. I like to sit down and watch a, uh, like rainstorm sit outside uh, inside and just watch it from outside it's about um like sitting inside uh with your girl like um like relaxing uh is it country yeah and yeah. uh uh rain on a tin roof you know they're relaxing like the pitter patter the rhythm yeah. of that that's awesome yeah that's dope i really had a good time man i love this conversation and like it's wild. We haven't seen each other in forever, yeah. bro. Like, this is good to reconnect. Yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. got to take me fishing for sure. I will, yeah. And, like, you got you to gotta show me the ways. 100%. I will. I'll get, I'll get you all set up. Peace out. Yeah, I could use a little rain. Beating on the window pane. While we listen to the tin roof sing. A love song all day long. Yeah, I hold it for. And I close stay on the floor. Yeah, that's the kind of storm.